Hey Tasmania, get crazy because the Rewind 80s Mixtape Tour is coming to your area of planet Earth. Saturday, April 6th, Launceston, Theatre North. Sunday, April 7th, Hobart, Theatre Royal. We'll see you there. And Melbourne, you can also get ready to dance because we're at the Hallam Hotel the 2nd of March, 2024. Tickets are all selling fast. Get your tickets on rewind80sband.com. going guys hello there we're back in the band room everyone how are you all out there are you good are they back at work maybe this week it's that weird thing half of us are back at work half of us are still on holidays Mm, half of us are still getting out of bed at midday oh so good fucking awesome i had an appointment this morning at 10 o'clock and i woke up at 10 o'clock Oh, that's lovely. Don't you love that kind yeah, of fucking... Yeah, I do that all the time. Oh, fucking hell, I couldn't yeah. believe it. But the baby slept in as well. He normally wakes up at seven and he's ready to go and so, like, we barely set an alarm anymore but he of slept course. right through till 10 o'clock but didn't wake up during the night so he slept, like, right through. Did he have a big night the night before? Oh, I don't know. I think so. Wow, it's been it's been very hectic because we had a wedding on the weekend. Yep, and oh um, yeah, of course. How lots was that? of late nights and people around and yes. all of that shit. But the wedding was beautiful. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Yep, hundred thousand dollar wedding. Yep, but it, and you'd want it to be fucking nice. But carousel, it, it, carousel. Mm-hmm. It was stunning. Yeah, yeah. Still really got nice. the white floors and the white. Everything white. Yeah, 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 beautiful. Yeah. It, it is was, lovely. Yeah. The original sort of old deck, um, which I thought could have done with a bit of an upgrade. Oh, the brown one. Yeah. 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 Do you know that used to be a restaurant in the 80s yeah. called the Carousel with a horse in the middle on a pole and it would turn around. Yes. It was, a, it was called Rob's Carousel for right. any of you that are older than me. Rob's Carousel. And my grandfather would take us every fucking Sunday to Rob's Carousel oh, and wow. you'd get – 
in the 80s you used to get in your lemonades little mermaid, little characters oh, to put in the that. Gut. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I remember With that. umbrellas and that was the highlight of my fucking week. <laughs> yeah, Shit yeah. like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, the uh, little swizzle stick sort of. Swi- oh, it, it wasn't even a swizzle stick. It just sat on the edge of your cup. Oh, yeah, I know that yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used on. to think they were go- – I used to collect them. Yeah, right. And we'd go there as a family. Yeah. It was almost like a Shabbat dinner even though we weren't Jewish and we'd go there and, and have this big meal as a family mm. and – my grandfather would take me to see the big horse that went around, sort of just went around clockwise like, you know. Yeah. wasn't very interesting but I thought it was great. Yeah. And they also had really good music through the system and, yeah. you know, a bit different. We used to go out a lot. But yeah, right, right. But then that is now like a full-on function centre. Yeah, it's beautiful too. Overlooking the lake, that yeah. was lovely. Looking at the city, got to watch the sunset, all of that. Um, heaps of dancing all night. They sort of – it was a Greek wedding. They probably played too much Greek music and I think I texted you. Yeah. They played, they played ten Play minutes Bazooki. of J-Lo and then fucking – then it was bibbidi-bobbidi-booby for the rest of the night. Do they not like Dua Lipa? Oh, no, they they do like Dua Lipa, yeah. I love was, Dua Lipa. Yeah, yeah. I'm going through a little obsession. Oh, are you? Yeah, don't know what it is. Oh, cool. I thought she was quite unattractive but she's one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. She's gorgeous and she was in the Barbie movie as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, but that Barbie song I don't like. Yeah, There's right. a song, I like Levitating. Yeah, yeah. But I also like Hallucinate or, Hallucinate or something. Yeah, Fucking yeah. Gorgeous yeah, song, yeah, yeah. and uh, it's probably the first artist I'm into that's not '80s for a little while or yeah. '70s, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, we're the '80s montage. I'm Sammy Hart on, and I'm Jay Jovi, and we're back for another week. And the and the the bloody subject is Billy Steinberg, guys. Mm. We brought it up a couple of weeks ago. Billy Steinberg is an awesome sort of songwriter and yeah. wrote some some massive, massive hits all throughout the the '80s. And we sort of stumbled across him in conversation during another show. Mm. Uh, Billy had a long-term collaborator called Tom Kelly and Tom used to sort of write the music. Uh, Billy used to write the lyrics and they just had a wonderful process. They had a beautiful process and they were like I've I've been watching a lot of documentaries between the two of them. They're very – Oh, wow. Yeah, they're very blunt with each other. Oh, really? I love that. Yeah, but I love that. I do too. I love it. Why waste fucking time being fluffy? They were sort of talking at one stage and Billy stopped Tom from telling a story and like went, no, 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 you're completely on the wrong track. Right. And Tom just like shut up. And yeah. let Billy sort of take over the yeah. and that they it just saves time. Yeah, I don't know. It was, yeah, it, was yeah. it was brilliant. I just loved watching them. They had a beautiful, yeah. really beautiful dynamic. Because it's not offensive. Them. It's just someone remembers better than the other. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know? And that's an age thing as well. Yeah, yeah. When you get older, you repeat yourself fifteen times. Yeah, yeah. Or you forget what the fuck happened yesterday. Yeah, that's it. So one of them could be like a full Scorpio energy and just remember everything and the other one could be just Piscean and thinks this shit happens when it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. But um, we've got some messages today. You guys have been writing in again. Heaps of sort of online uh, chats between yeah. you which we really love, guys. We love we've got it. so much to read out, so many shout-outs. We love our subscribers and fans. Um, so, so B-Town Pop Kid... B town, you've you've um, yes. um, you've been quite great writing in. You've yes. talked about the compilation episode that that was really good. B town pop kid. 
B Town bought a B Town bought a bit of um, tr- a possible trivia to us yes. in reference to Summer '87. Summer '87, mm. and he said, "Wasn't this Australia's first compilation CD?" Yeah, it, it possibly was. I think it might have been. I really think the timing is right for it to be the first sort of big 100%. release. Yeah, and I know that some of the tracks were only on the LP. Yeah, that's as right. Well, because they had to sort of anchor people. Back to With LPs, the LPs, yeah. I don't think everyone thought CDs were going to work. No, that's it. You know? Yeah, yeah. But they did. Yeah. Uh, Karen, Karen Wiltshire, oh, our we're going to write anything? Dude, oh, what did he say? Oh, yeah, that's all he wrote, yeah. Yeah. The rest is me. Yeah, good. Sorry, guys. Good friend Karen wrote in, she's talking about, you know, memories and childhood summer. It was, that, that summer of 87 was a really, really big one. It was a really great year for music. Um, Adrian Proson loved it as well. He said it was, the, it was the best 80s compilation. Sonia King said she had it on vinyl and she loves this album and she played it just yesterday. Wow. And Kelly Lynch said I, th- that she had it on cassette. You Shelley know, Lynch? Yeah. Sh- did I say Shelley? Kelly. Shelley. Shelley you know Lynch. Shelley. Shelley used to come to the commercial. Of course. Shelley. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Mary Holland Tuckwell said it was her fave. Clyde Sanderson said he actually had the CD. A good oh. friend, Leaf, uh, said, you know, awesome episode. Now, Law Law had the cassette back in the day and Sean Urban or, or ba- Urbaniak, I believe it is, Sean Urbaniak, said he also had the album. Yeah, God, that was on the Rewind 80s Facebook page. Everyone's been writing on that, so thank you so much. And chatting to each other, that was fantastic. Yeah, look, it's a big thing when we do the compilation albums. Yeah, Diary of My Bestie had yeah. it as well. I had this one, can't wait to listen. Diary of My Bestie is a podcast, by the way. Just give them a little shout out. It's a podcast about the best friend's diary. So they read out the diary from the years before when they went to school, I think. Yeah, right. I haven't actually checked it out, guys, but I will. But it's about someone reading out a diary, which is quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine like a diary from the 80s or something? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's quite soul. Based, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Kim Walsh had it on CD and vinyl. Wow. Rebecca Rogers says she still has it on tape. Um, tapes are very cool these days. Very trendy to release music in tape form. Yeah, it is. Uh, because uh, sort of, you know, youngies really see the novelty in it. You know, they oh, it's, they think it's quite weird. Uh, Raz Hughes also said he had it on tape. Right. Yes. Raz. Yeah, and we've read everyone else. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. Now, there were a couple of more messages as well. Um, Peter Larson's hit us again with another fucking blah, blah. <laughs> uh, Peter Larson, epic episode as always. And some songs I totally forgot about. Oingo Boingo would be a fun episode. Mm-hmm. And Berlin, of course. He's a very big Berlin fan. Check out the old episode on VH1 Bands Reunited with Berlin. Great. You can find it on YouTube. Take we'll care. Do that. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. It's piss funny. Is that so it? Bands Reunited is where this Indian guy would go through and put the bands together, Sri Lankan guy. I think I know the guy And they did Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Berlin, and because they all hate – and Flock of Seagulls. Because they all hate each other, he had this thing to put them all together and they have to sign an LP and then they get together and do one last show. But oh, what wow. the show actually did for bands like Berlin is they got back together and realised how much fucking money they weren't making. Yeah, exactly right. And then now they're back together. It's like you know? I don't actually hate them that much that's anymore. That's right. It's just well, the idea of hating them. You, that's exactly right. Yeah. Just get another band together, 
you know. Yeah, exactly so right. So that was a, it's an absolutely fantastic show. So if you haven't seen Bands Reunited, guys, Peter Larson is correct in saying that. And then we had a review. We had a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you. This is what you should do. That's right. This is from Jules01AU. I, I assume this is our beautiful uh, Patreon Julesy. Uh, she said, take me back, you guys rock. Yes. That was for the Summer 87 episode. That's right. And um, I think it, they might have been talking about the um, Sweden CD compilation as well. Oh, I see. Works. Oh, of course. With yeah, because yes. that's just me on the – that was just the chart that we were in. Uh, because that episode, Summer of 87, actually charted in iTunes, just the episode on its own, which mm. is always interesting. And um, do we have any more messages? Now, while we're on this point, giving us the five stars and writing your reviews in in the comment section on Spotify and Apple Podcasts mm. really pushes us up the charts. Yes, it so does. we love all the conversation, guys. We really do. We love all the engagement. You can also do that on on the in the comment section on those platforms. You can. It doesn't just have to happen on social media. And we'll know? read you out. We'll we'll discuss. Give you a shout out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So take me back, you guys rock. That is all Jules wrote. I've got a feeling it's Jules and Andy. Oh, yeah. I may be wrong. Um, That's all you need to write, take me back. Or mention a song and just give us five stars because the more people see it up the charts, the more they'll they'll listen to the the, – the actual show. And you can you can write. I would actually love it if people wrote Love You, Jay and Semis, go fuck yourselves. Yeah, yeah, why not? I would laugh so hard. Yeah, do it, guys. There you go. <laughs> go That's on, your homework. Please. That's your challenge, That's listeners. Your challenge for this the eighties challenge. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh I would oh, love it too. Jesus. I'd love it. Yeah, thank you so much for listening, guys. But we're gonna get back onto Billy now. So now I didn't know this was Billy. Stop using sex. Right, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. love it. Okay, the song we opened with, yeah. it was very different for Pat Benatar. Yeah, it was, it yeah. was. Now, um, Billy would sort of make his start in in like 1980. He formed a group called Billy Thermal, which I think really was like a, I, I guess, a, an avenue for his writing um, and got signed straight away. But Linda Ronstadt, uh, Rod, I can never say her fucking surname. Rodstad. Rodstad. She, she, I got it wrong again. I used to say Rodstad. I can't fucking do it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Tricky. Um, she can't do it anymore either. <laughs> she, um, she heard her album, she heard their album, she heard the Billy Thermal album and she re-recorded one of their songs, How Do I Make You. This was in 1980. Mm. Now, Pat Benatar did, did a similar thing in 1980 with them. She re-recorded oh. one of their songs, I'm Gonna Follow You, and she asked Billy to kind of write her a song, which was Precious Time, which became like the title track for that album. So, you know, Benatar fans would know Precious Time, of course. Now, um, that... Um, uh, what was I going to say? That fucking Benatar also got Tom Kelly. So Tom Kelly is the long-time sort of collaborator yep. that we're going to sort of be referring to a lot as well. Yeah. Um, Tom Kelly wrote uh, Fire and Ice oh, for the same album. Best song ever. Yeah, absolutely. Best song. Yeah, it's awesome. So I'm assuming this is where they met, mm-hmm. like, you yeah, know, writing, writing for the same album. Yeah. And this is where they started sort of collaborating. Mm-hmm. So they're um, – they're, their success happened very quick, very quick after Good this. Good songs. Yeah, 
really, really quick. Absolutely. And I, th- I think, um, I don't know, they, they sort of, they just had a really positive energy about them. Um, yeah, just great tunes. And I think they, they've brought it up in conversation that they've had a lot of success with female artists as well. Mm. Um, you know, Billy was saying, I've always been in touch with my female side, you know. Um, and he sort of just writes, the way that he writes is quite stream of consciousness. He just starts writing. There's nothing sort of premeditated. He doesn't sort of go in like with a particular topic. He just sees what comes out. And, and I actually think that's more perhaps how a, a woman thinks, like quite quite stream of consciousness, you know what I mean? Like it just sort of flows out. Um yeah, but not only that, I think it's not how a woman thinks. Okay. I think he's quite sexual, this dude. Yeah, right, right. I think right, he's right. quite forward. Like in my room, like you're going to fuck me in my room. Sex yeah. is a weapon. Yeah. Um, fire and ice. Like they're all tough songs yeah, that yeah. confront men in a different light, I think, Well, as I think they're very empowering. I think yeah, empowering it's the male way. empowerment that appeals to the to the women, and that's not sort of taking anything away. Yeah. But it's just like that pers- particular empowered perspective is great hearing it from a woman, you And know? it's masculine energy. Yeah, that's right. And it right. scares the shit out of men. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You know. Yeah. So I know what he's saying. Yeah. Is that he's sort of put a bit of himself in a woman sort of, you know what I mean? And yeah. we're getting that. Oh, hang on, you're very direct. Because mm. all these songs are very fucking direct. He didn't write Like a Virgin because he fucking wanted Madonna to be shy. No, that's right. You yeah, know? exactly um, right. But, yeah, now we're going to be playing a lot of these songs that we've talked about just before as well. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Now, Sex is a Weapon would happen much later, but it was just such a great opener for the show, Pat Benatar. Now, like pretty soon after this, I believe it was sort of 1983, they would write our next track. Sammy just mentioned it then. It's pretty amazing. It rattled around before Warner decided that it was perfect for their up-and-coming new star. And here it is, guys. And this is the 12-inch.
There we go, Like a Virgin. Pretty amazing song. And Billy wrote it after uh, he had a breakup and he was saying like he had, from the breakup he had felt uh, beat incomplete and he had made yeah. it through the wilderness on I the other side. I was beat incomplete. Yeah. So he was beat yeah. down yeah. completely. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, now this, I played the 12-inch because I remember being – 13, mm. I think it was 83, and the 12-inch to this song was fucking insane oh, yeah. when you were that age. Yeah. Because the song had something special about it that you felt in your gut and yeah. you played it in the car or whatever. Mm. None of us knew what it fucking meant. No, nah, that's it. None of us knew. I mean, I was a virgin listening to this yeah. in the '83. It know? was con- it was controversial because nobody knew. What and it I meant. would have thought Madonna had written it. Because they made Perfect it look her. that way. Yeah, yeah. With the whole I'm going to be this controversial. Yeah. So it's interesting how many people have actually made that part of the controversy. Mm. And it had nothing to do with her at all really. Yeah, She yeah. probably just picked the song and gone, that's great. Well, this is another thing. They, yeah. They, um, uh, one thing that sort of uh, Billy Steinberg and Tom Kelly talk about is how much they hated when people changed their songs. Oh, right. They, yeah, because like so, like sometimes they make cha- – a lot of the times they would make changes and the guys wouldn't be cool about it. They no. were like, oh, God. But um, uh, because a lot of things happen in production, you know, like a lot of things happen in production and they want to they wanna change it around to suit their artists or the producer just simply has a different feeling for it, you know, absolutely. Like some of the greatest – um, producers really pull things apart and then put it back together. Yeah, um, that's right. Now, you know, this is amazing. We we talked about the incredible clip that was put together by Mary Lambert as well. Yes, so, we did an episode on Mary. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Now, I don't know whether I'd fight with Niall Rogers as the producer. I think he would have had that fantastic sound. He brought the R&B yeah, element yeah, to it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they never sort of... They never saw it as a, like an R&B song like that. No. You know? No. Um, and he really sort of brought that vibe to the it. The guitar-y, yeah, the Noah yeah. Rogers sound. And I, you just think of the creative team being Billy Steinberg, Tom Kelly, Mary Lambert, um, Sheik, what's his Noah name? Rogers. Noah Rogers. Yeah. And Madonna, like that creative yeah. team is fucking yeah. incredible. Yeah, that's right. Do you think that Kelly wrote more than Billy in this track? Why is he the first name on the list? Because um, Billy was the lyricist. He's he's the lyricist, and Tom writes the music. Yeah, right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so yeah. he's written the lyrics Tom about writes his the relationship. Melodies and shit. Yeah. Right. No. Amazing song. So magical to hear this at a night or a blue light. You know, if you went to a blue light. Mick has just know? sent us dessert by Uber Eats. What? What a gay Oh my Lord. god! I love him. Does he, does he, did he want to come tonight or he something? Just, yeah, he did want to come. Oh, <laughs> damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Is it Greek? That's funny. You're no, Greek? As I was driving out, I I saw an ad for tiramisu and I was like, oh, I'd love some oh, tiramisu. Wow. And I said, God, I'm craving tiramisu. And um, he said, I'll get you some. And I said, no, no, I, I just saw it on Insta. Like, I love how people give us food on this show. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> fucking great. It's so, awesome. Uber Eats, there's a little plug for you. It'll Maddie, be can you turn up the front second. light on, please, honey? <laughs> We've got dessert coming for the show <laughs> oh, from fuck. Mika. 
I love that. Oh, gosh. He's getting better and better. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Well, it's very tiramisu, this show. It is tiramisu. A lot of layers. Because Madonna was going down the canal in the gondola, so it is very tiramisu. Absolutely. There 100%. We, fucking hell. 100%. That's hilarious. Great so, song. Um, it spent six weeks at number one in the US. Can in, you imagine how rich this dude, these dudes would be? Ab- absolutely. And this is this is their first big breakthrough and it's this and it goes to number one. But I mean like uh, Pat Benatar used uh, Precious Time as the title track for her album. This was the title. Like a virgin, yeah. Yeah, this was the title track and the first single big, as well. Very risky. But They really it, believed though? in it. Like were we a bit braver in the 80s? The 80s were very brave. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And we never really flinched at it. We just said, oh, that's Madonna. When something clicks, it just clicks. Yeah. It just was like lightning striking. It was just so perfect, you know, like a virgin. It was just absolutely perfect for her. Unreal. All right, let's go. This track's a fucking ripper. This is probably my favourite Whitney track. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Here we go. Fantastic. Isn't it? This came out in 1987, but it really reached the top of the charts in January 1988. It gave her her sixth consecutive number one single. Yeah, amazing. Fucking incredible. Off the second album. Yeah. This was the one off the second album that I really loved. Yeah, yeah. Was it the second one or the blue? It was. Was the same um, as I Want to Dance with Somebody, that album? Yeah, it's the one yeah, where she's yeah. got the little the white little top wife on. The little beater. Yeah. And her tits look fantastic. White beater. That yeah. sort of makes sense, doesn't it, now you think about <laughs> oh, it? Fuck it out. Um, anyway, what I was going to say was, yeah, her and her wife beater. Um, she had changed her look, though, by – like in this clip, it was slightly yeah. different, like yeah, tougher. She had tough. a leather jacket on and this shit. This is tough. She'd gone a bit more lessy, you know? Yeah, that's right. With me? Bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, I'm with you. Yeah. Great song. Uh, if I was to do another Whitney song, it would be this one, I reckon. Yeah. Because there's none of that fucking chirping. I can't chirp. 
Yeah, right, chirp. right. I've lost my chirp doing Guns N' Roses, to be yeah. honest with you. This was oh, a rock track. My voice just won't chirp. Yeah, yeah, this is a big rock track. Big rock trap, one little chirp, that's it. <laughs> Yeah. You know? Now, the producer is narrator Michael Walden. Oh, um, great. Initially, Tom Kelly, when he's put, putting the music to the lyrics, Tom Kelly really had it sped up. So you speed ah. this up and do it like, um, do it in a falsetto because it was a man singing this sort of female vocal. Yeah, of course. It was like a print song. He was writing a print song because they both love Prince, Billy yeah, Steinberg wow. and, um, yeah, yeah. Um, and they they sort of had this track sort of rattling it around. And I, first time I heard the demo, I thought, fuck, this sounds like Chaka Khan or something like that. I couldn't quite put, put my finger on it. And then I heard them talking about it and they were saying, yeah, we, were, we had prints in our head. Yeah. And um, the first thing this producer did was slow it down. It was, it was almost double time. It was like... It was like a Prince track, yeah? Right. And the first thing the producer did was slow it down. Yeah. Just so there was a bit more space for instrumentation and her voice. Well, if you're not Prince, you've got to be really careful. Yeah, no, that's right. You know? Yeah. But they wanted to make more room for her voice to do like runs and vocal runs and that kind of thing. Yeah, well, that's the thing. The faster the music, the harder to sing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's when, and you notice that when you're in a cover band. Mm. When some dumb shit drummer will start something way too fast, and yeah. you've got it, or Maddie notices it all the time. Mm. Girls just want to have fun where he has to go, and the drummer goes too fast. Your fucking hand's going to fall off, right? <laughs> so it is harder on a vocal as well. Yeah. And I found that with the puppets, uh, not the puppets controversy when I was in that. Mm. They would play things super fast, and I could not fucking sing them. So fast. So stupid. Fucking puppets. Like if you're gonna fuck it, yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Don't fucking slam it. You know what I mean? Like it was just too much. Yeah. yeah. And I remember a sound guy said to me, yeah, they're playing everything too fast. Yeah, gotcha. There's no space. No. No. But with Prince it would have been different because he had that voice that just – Yeah. That falsetto. But But, yeah, no, it makes sense. Prince would have been doing the the light vocal. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You you do it. It sounds like Prince straight away. Absolutely. Um, so that was a big sort of production. They actually didn't like it when it was released. Really? They were like, oh, it's too slow. But it went to number one. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. Went to number one. It definitely needs that that launch. Yeah. Because the chorus lifts more too. Yeah, yeah. Like it's so emotional, baby. Yeah, like that's right. It lifts, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, now I've got Bats in Space news. Ah, good. For everyone that's on to Bats in Space and nothing good. started yet. What are we yet. doing? We've got a songwriter for the show Fantastic. already, one of them. Yeah. He's going to write all the music and the, the, the Tony Featherston. Oh, it's from, Tony yeah, Featherston. It's not, yeah, from Great. Noiseworks. Great. Right, so get ready, kids. That's in space. That's got in our space. first fucking first songwriter. songwriter. Good. He's so excited because he's been watching the uh, Paper Dolls with Bloody. Have you seen it yet? I haven't yet. Radio Ditch is amazing. Is it on? What's it on? It's not on pa- Stan, Paramount. is it? Paramount. Paramount. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll yeah, check so it out. So he goes, like Paper Dolls, and I went, have you been watching that? He goes, oh, yeah, it's great. And this is a guy that's straight, mm. that fucking write, works for Noiseworks. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just insane. <laughs> so I'm 
kind of excited because I said, oh, it'll be a bit more delusional than Paper Dolls. It'll be what did you more say? about um, – he's upset because I haven't asked him to write any music. Well, fucking it's only been 20 years. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just – we've just been chatting about it. I don't know. We just talk about shit. Yeah, um, yeah love Whitney, but, yeah, Bats in Space going to be fucking awesome. Fantastic. Number Here we one go. Do sure. you want to play this next track? Yeah, surprise me. What is it? You know. Just go into it. What is it? Fucking fantastic. Now, I can hear the prince in this that you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, right. That chord progression that went the keyboard, dee, 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 that, that is very yeah, oh, prince. very much so. And Absolutely. not only that, it just sounds prince. Yeah, yeah. It really does. And obviously they had, well, she'd been or Prince had been inside her. Well, it sort of goes back a little bit further as well. It goes back to sort of like 60s. the 60s. Yes. They loved 60s bands, yeah, like surfy, surfy kind of 60s bands, yeah. and they loved like really obscure stuff from that period, and so did Prince. Yeah, and he especially that's a loved, fucking oath he did. Yeah, yeah, he loved that shit. So that's the weird sort of thing that they all had in common. You yeah. never put them all together, all those musos. No, that's right. But you can't help but... You know what you like, so yeah, they um, they wrote a couple of big tracks with them. Eternal Flame is the big one that went to number one. I can't Close really, your eyes, yeah. Give me your voice. Hey, can I just give a head a heads up for next week? Baby voices next week. We're doing baby be a voices. Great episode <laughs> next week. Baby yeah, voices. Baby You'll voices. see what we so mean. Yeah. And and she's a baby voice. She definitely is. Now, um, Eternal Flame is the one that you will know if you didn't already know that track in your room. Eternal Flame went to a number one, was a big track in 1989. I can remember it. I was so in the I. US in 1989. I can remember it playing on the radio over yeah. there. It was massive. And a big sing. Yeah, that's Fucking right. Fucking not easy, kids. Huge. Is this burning? 
an eternal flame. Fucking she, big note, man. She wrote that wrote it with them. So she wrote um yeah. uh Susanna Hoffs wrote Eternal Flame and she also wrote In Your Room with them. Do you know what it sounds like that? Yeah. Because it's actually molded for that band. Yeah, that's right. You can hear it. Yeah. And Eternal yeah. Flame, if I had to put money on it, the Prince had written that and not Manic Monday. Yeah, right. I would have thought it was Eternal Flame. Yeah. Just something about it. Mm. It's yeah, yeah. so interesting that you've mentioned that they're Prince fans because now I can hear it more yeah. than ever. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. They asked, yeah. I'll, How long have you been obsessed in these writers? Billy Steinberg for years. Yeah, right. I think just because of Like a Virgin. Yeah, and really. I, what, what I was obsessed was that a man wrote it. Quite simply, yeah, right. Oh, I was obsessed that a wow. man wrote yeah. "I Touch Myself" yes. and "Like a Virgin," and it was 100%. the same guy. Like I, yeah. that just blew my mind. See, I wasn't interested in that. Yeah, right. I was more interested in what she was wearing. Yeah, but I love that you looked at that. I, it, it such just blew, a young age blew my mind that yeah. a man wrote that song. Yeah, that's right. Who wasn't gay? That, there's our dessert. Oh, my God, it's our dessert. Did you hear my ring front doorbell? Will I go and get it? Yeah, go and get it. I'll talk to the crew. That was it. So, I love it in your room tonight. I'm a bit of pickle coming out of me. There you go. Baby voices next week. I'm very excited about that episode because I am going to retract and say baby voices fucking rock. I wasn't too keen on it. Just every now and then I get in a mood. But when I look back at it today to get the baby voices ready, because obviously we're going to be doing that after this this um, this episode, um, I'm, a, I'm surprised to say that I love a lot of the artists. Oh, my God, here's that tiramisu. I love you in your room tonight. Oh, my tiramisu is all over me. We've got tiramisu and golden gay time moose. Oh, fuck. That's so 80s. We've got two each. Oh, my God. We're going to be fat pigs. That's awesome. Fuck yeah. I've been so good, but now I'm going to be sugared out. That is amazing, mate. Mika, thank you. Look at this. Thank you, you, Mika. Mika. Good on you, Mika. All right, so we're going to have to eat it between the songs. Fuck yeah, mate. That's what she said. Wow. What about Maddie? Does he want some tiramisu? It's all for us to share. There's fucking desserts to. He's gone to watch fucking ABC or something. I'll yell out to him. Yeah, yeah, that's when. Um, yeah, so in your room, there we go. Uh, that was when they first started sort of collaborating and getting, uh, you know, the the artists involved to write as well. But they really respected them because they, of that '60s connection that they had. It's very good song. Love it, and I very think it's good. I think it's more bangles than anything, and mischievous. Yeah, very very naughty. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it was a big thing in the 80s to take people into your room, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Not anymore. No. Just drop your dax. That's suck it. Suck you off, whatever. Yeah. Send, me Fucking... your, send me your cockpits. Yeah, that's right. But in the 80s, you were very lucky to go into someone's bedroom. Yeah. Very yeah. fucking lucky. Yeah. Because that was like a sacred space. 100%. Not so much anymore. 100%. What happened to that? There's no, there's no sacred space anymore. No, not even your undies are sacred. No, no wonder one can get into. No one, wonder pe- like no wonder people are so fucking uptight because they have to fucking, they have to be uptight. They've got to fucking like hold on to something because, you know, there's no privacy anymore. Hold on it's, to a pole. Yeah. Um. <laughs> they have to. There's no privacy mm. and there's no space really. No, that's it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And. 
it is sad how nowadays you can just get into someone's pants and in their room oh my God. through a fucking app. I'm just, I'm just thanking Mika for this fucking. Oh, he's awesome. Just incredible. I'll get some spoons in a minute. All right, so when we play this next track, yeah, good on your bangles. Oh, my God, the fucking track of the 80s. Let's have a listen to it now. For that note, what a fucking song! Oh. Also promiscuous. Oh, yeah. what's the word? Promiscuous. Okay, I didn't say it very well. Yeah, hard. Hardcore. Mm. She's not saying I want to have a game of Monopoly, is she? No, she's not. She's saying, "Fucking here's your Uber Eats. How can I get you alone yeah. so I can yeah. fucking get your cock yeah, out? Yeah, that's right. Fucking how? awesome. See how brave the eighties were. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. And it, you can hear that in her voice, so. And these two loved cock. They were fucking the whole band. Yeah, remember? they did. Yeah, yeah. And good on them. If you put a band together, you should be able to fuck them. That's my fucking 100%. outlook. 100%. Got to get fuck something yeah. out of them. I've done the whole band and I haven't. <laughs> no, I won't say that. Um, no, I just, you just, you know, up at the snow, snow bunnies. Yeah. Holes fit. Fucking do it. <laughs> right, you know. Couple of schnapps in the schnapps. Oh yeah, in the yeah. schnapps. In the schnapps and right the, in the schnapps. schnapps. <laughs> <laughs> so this yeah, song, good song, right? So this song, right? So um, Billy and Tom put together like a bit of a recording project, which was both of them, and it was called I Ten. Oh, sounds like an Apple product, you know? Or I Ten Sun Lotion. 
Yeah, yeah. So they released it on an album on the i10 album, taking a cold, uh, taking a cold look, and it was like um, all these tracks that were really big, like arena rock. Yeah. Uh, tracks, which yeah. it's like an incredible fucking album. Yeah. Who would know about it now, though? You guys, that's who would know. I-10, I-10, check them out. So it's like a small I and then a capital T, I-10. Right. Uh, so this was originally on that album. Tom was doing sort of a, a lot of the singing and uh, they were both doing like all the instrumentation and everything, but Tom actually had an incredible voice. Wow. Tom Tom would recall record all the demos and send them out. Yeah. So they had to be good. Now, um, that was the original version which came out in 83. Then Valerie Stevenson and John Stamos, um, oh. they covered it as well for the CBS sitcom Dreams. So they um, they sort of did it within the show and it actually aired within the show, that, that song as well. But then the heart version is like the definitive version and that came out in 1987. Mm. Yeah. And it is stadium rock because even the video clip with the wind in their hair and they're, you know, she gets on her knees and rocks out on the guitar. Like yeah. very fucking good. Yeah, yeah. And I all I love that heart album as well. These dreams. I think it's the same album. These dreams. I love that. And Bad Animals was the Bad album. Animals. Fucking awesome. And yeah. I I brought that on vinyl. Mm. Um some days it would scare me and I couldn't play it. Yeah. Because they yeah, were yeah. just too tough. Yeah. But yeah. if I was feeling, you know, like I needed some tough loving, yeah, put on heart. There's some big writers on that album. Um, they had uh, Diane Warren wrote yes. um, "Who Will Run to You" as yeah. well, which was the sort of opening track. Uh, they had another. Uh, they had a "I Want You So Bad," which was another Steinberg Kelly collaboration. Um, yeah, big big writers on that album. Yeah, good good album. Like they because they were moving out of the seventies and into the eighties. Yeah, that's it. They needed that. Touch of sexual yeah. explosion That's where right. they weren't seen as two hippie chicks. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen seventy had sort of arena rock. Nineteen eighty had arena rock. So for the bands that were like crossing over from the seventies mm. into the eighties, that's where they would be able to be really strong. Is yeah, within that sort of genre. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Awesome, babe. I love it. So um, I think we've got a TV commercial now. Oh, fantastic. Now this is a surprise one for you. It's a ripper. Duracell batteries can make fun times last a lot longer. If you put Duracell batteries into one toy and ordinary carbon batteries into all the others, you'd find that after just a few hours of continuous use, the ordinary batteries give up. But Duracell batteries keep going. In fact, depending on the toy, Duracell can last two, three, up to six times longer. Duracell. The copper top battery. No ordinary battery looks like it. No ordinary battery lasts like it. Duracell batteries. No ordinary battery looks like it. Battery looks like it. Batteries were a really big thing in the 80s. I like that though because what happens is there was a lot of commercials with Duracell where the little stuffed toys would be playing their little drums and then one would keep going and the rest would run out of batteries. Very fucking clever. The other one would just keep going and going and going. Duracell bunny. And uh, I think Energizer ripped them off a bit as well. I oh, think they did. they did. And I thought as a kid, wow, I must get those batteries. But like when I'm older. Advertising for batteries and it was huge. Like the the rivalry between Duracell and Energizer was fucking huge. Which one's the gay time? So that's the tyr- oh that 
That actually might be the gay time. Of course I picked the gay time first. Oh, good. Great. I want the gay time. That's the gay time. The other one is the tiramisu. Because I love a gay time in the sunshine. Now what you should do is take the lid off and then you pick it out, put it on the lid because it's got a piece of plastic around it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wonder where he got it from. So pick it out. Oh, no. Somewhere down the road. Oh, my God. They smell divine. If you could smell this over the microphone, you guys would fucking love it. This would have cost him a fucking fortune. I know. Bless your heart. Thank you, Mikhail. Oh, fucking incredible. Here we go. Jesus Christ. But um, no, I love it. Love heart. Love everything they stand for. The other heart song I love was the nineties one where they, where she bangs someone on the highway and fucking sings. About oh it. yeah, that was big too. God, that's fucking. great, isn't it? What a great song. All I want to do is yeah. make love to yeah, you. Yeah, because he shoots he shoots blanks. The husband. So yeah, reached, and then fucking, fucking she writes a song and tells everyone. Who wrote that? I wonder if that was Billy because that sounds like Billy. Um, I'll find out. Everybody would know Heart from they. Oh, a lot of people would know Heart from All I Want to Do Is Make Love to You. That came out, I think, in nineteen ninety. That for sure went to number one. I'm not sure if it did or not. Famously written by Mutt Lang. Oh, shit, was it? Yeah, and produced by him as well. Wow. So that was from their album Brigade, which came out in 1990, and mm-hmm. everybody remembers that really well. Oh, it's an awesome story. Another writer who wrote incredibly well for women. Yeah, that's right. Mutt Lang. Mutt Lang. And fucking left him too. That's right. Anyway, that's another story. That's Watch it. the Shania Twain um, thing when you get a chance. Yeah. Now, so we did, did Duracell. Let's have a listen to this track, yeah? And I'll go and check the cat. Beautiful. <laughs>
There we go, Laura Branigan. What an incredible track. So this was from the Touch album which came out in 1987. Not my favourite of hers. I quite like it. I think mm, it's very powerful. Dramatic. Very powerful. I'm I'm a self-control Laura. Oh, yeah. But I can – it's very meatloaf. It is. This had a couple of other writers on it as well. So Billy um, used to write with another writer, Rick Knowles, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Ellen Shipley was another writer on this track. So f- other few influences coming in. Do you remember it? I don't remember. No. 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 Me either. No. Gloria, I think I got your elephant. Now, um, the the collaborator, Ricky Rick Knowles, uh, wrote and collaborated on some huge tracks. Notably, he did a lot of stuff for Belinda Carlisle. Mm-hmm. Notably, Heaven is a Place on Earth. Wow. So that's where that sort of like big sort of pipe organ sound comes from that she used in that. You know, you can hear the influences in this as well. He wrote Leave a Light On as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? He co-wrote Falling Into You with Celine Dion that Billy Steinberg did as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, they both worked together on that as well. Um, and they talk about, look, they talk about one thing that uh, Billy Steinberg talks about is that everything was relationships. Yeah, Everything was relationships. They, um, you know, they met doing the they met doing the the fucking Pat Benatar album at the beginning. They formed the relationship there. They formed the partnership there. They got a lucky break with Warner with like a virgin, but everything after that was just no, knowing people and knowing this person and knowing that person, forming relationships, and that's how their career popped on. They said they didn't really, they didn't really sort of believe too much in their in their reputation because things happened very quickly for them. It all came out of meeting people on projects and going on to work with them and then, you know, just more gold came out of it, you know. Right, so you're saying that they sort of underestimated themselves a bit? No, I'm, I'm just or? basically saying that they weren't they didn't rely on their CV, you know what I mean? Yeah, they right. like the 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 key to their magic was being able to form relationships with people. And so they would meet people on recording projects and that would sort of kick them on to their next project. Mm. Is it nice? It's beautiful. Fuck, I'm going to have some now. There you go, Laura Brannigan, Billy Steinberg and Kelly. Incredible voice. Incredible oh, voice. wait. There aren't voices around like Laura Brannigan anymore. Mm. You know, like if she was still alive, I could just imagine the songs that she would be releasing. Yeah. And she was always very camp, Laura. So Laura would stand there and fluff her hair up and just look down the camera. There wasn't much movement but fuck she meant business. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. She used to just do this thing and her shoulder would be bare, you know, the, the T-shirt would be hanging off her shoulder and mm. she had that look about her. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. But um, I love Laura. I think she's one of the most amazing singers ever bloody been, you know, on the planet. Yeah. All right. So the next one we've got though is Cindy. Cindy. This has got quite a story to it but let's just play this. All right, great.
I really want to put this song in our band. Oh, yeah, it's a great track, isn't it? Yep, great now, track. a lot of versions of this song were released at the same God, time. God, yes. Yeah, yeah. This is one of those episodes. So we'll talk about, we'll talk about True Colours first, right? Mm-hmm. So True Colours, this was a big track for them. This was a big track for Steinberg and Kelly. This was released in 86. Really huge. They actually reckon that they worked on this more than any other song. And it one, sounds like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. One thing one thing that Billy Steinberg was famous for was not wanting to change his lyrics. Yeah, right. You know, but they they worked on this and worked on this. They found that the the chorus, I see your true colours front shining through, that it was very universal and it could speak to anybody. You could sing that to your mother or your your partner or your dog or whoever. You know, it was very universal. But the, the original verse that they had, which sort of led them to the title True Colours, had something about, because Billy Steinberg wrote it to his mum and he was basically saying you've got a lot of, You've got friends in high places and you've got a lot of faces in your makeup kit. And it was the he was talking about the mum having friends in high places and that made it very specific and not universal like the chorus was. So they got rid of that. But then the um the lyric, you've got a lot How of faces. How the fuck do you reckon that went? You've got friends in high places. And a makeup no, kit. No, it's in the verse. So, so oh, it's like, like, sorry. yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so How it was did like, that one go? It's like, it would have been like, yeah, friends in our play. Uh, um, How does it fit? Gonna, Are you talking about dresses in oh. your makeup kit? Right. And I see ya. Yeah, it was he. Right. He sings it. He sings it. He sings the original version really? live, playing on guitar. It's really interesting. Wow. Because he wrote it for his mum, you know. Maybe we should steal those lyrics for Bats in Space. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a lot of faces in your makeup kit. Thanks, Billy. It's that very, was for free. Very Bats in Space. Thanks, yeah, it Billy. Is. Yeah. Anyway, so that the the faces in your makeup kit is what led him to the true colours, like all the colours in the makeup kit. So they they everybody was like, How did you how the fuck did you come up with true colours? And that's what sort of led it to that. But they they got rid of it. And I think I think Cindy sort of have had a bit of a right. 
you know, she sort of rewrote bits as well. She would have. Yeah, yeah. But they reckon that it took them three years to to get it right. And then 33 people released it. Yeah, yeah. Fucking no, no, I'd no. So this years. is True Colours, yeah? Oh, True Colours, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is True Colours. So this was sort of in 86. So from this they they then had an open channel to Cindy Lauper, you know. This song went to number one. This was like fucking massive as well. Mm. Um, it was a huge hit for her and and sort of it was like another like a virgin for them. You know, it was massive for them. So um, they they wrote this song. I drove all night, and they originally wrote it for Roy Orbison. They they wrote it for Roy in, uh, I think nineteen about nineteen eighty seven. To the they loved Roy Orbison. Like mm. I was saying, they were like sixties fans and everything. Oh, loved, everyone loved Roy Orbison. Yeah, yeah. So the demo that they recorded, it was sort of like. The, the vocal was recorded in the style of Roy Orbison. It re, it's like Tom Kelly singing it sounds like Roy Orbison. Wow. They put it to Roy Orbison. He loved it. He sort of like was having a big renaissance in his career and he wanted some really sort of current stuff. He came and recorded this song in two takes, recorded it in two fucking takes yep. and got it. And, like, they they were just like little boys in the studio. They just could not believe, like, one of their idols was here singing one of their songs. Yeah. And um, Roy recorded it and then just sort of shelved it, it for a little while. Like, you know, was touring, wasn't ready quite to release it, but he died six months after he recorded this song. So never fucking got to release it. So you the know? Travelling Wilburys would have been a big part of that as well. I guess so, yeah. Because they would have had that going. They would have been travelling. Because he didn't die that much after that. No, that's right, yeah. Yeah, he would have been doing this all at the same time. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So um, the song never got released while while Orbison was alive. So they had this sort of like awesome song rattling around. They really wanted to release it. They then brought it to Cindy Billy didn't had no problem with Cindy releasing it because they had had the success with True Colors. Uh, Tom just wanted to sort of Tom Kelly wanted to like keep it to keep keep it as a Roy Orbison song, you know, like he he was a little bit reluctant to bring it to to uh, Cindy Lauper. She listened to it, loved it. They never told her that Roy Orbison had recorded it. She loved it. Made I think she didn't make too many tweaks to it. Um, and released it as well. <laughs> she, she fucking released it as well. She released it first, but uh, Roy Orbison recorded it first, right? Yeah, right, of course. So then Roy Orbison dies. Yeah. They're looking for like any fucking recorded material of Roy, Roy Orbison that's within, you know, within existence so that they can, you know, bank off his death and release Do a posthumous album yep. the following year. Yeah. I believe it was the following year they they released the Roy Orbison version and it had Jason Priestley in the film clip. Right. Yeah. Wow. And they rocked it out. Like the Roy version, they really fucking rocked it out. Not that this version isn't rocked out as well. But then like sort of in the, I believe it was the 90s as well, Celine Dion. Celine Dion released this track as well and it was like a dancey. It was like a techno track that they turned it into. Celine does a good really? version of it as well, yeah. I thought it was like Cindy's version. Nah, it's like it's 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 got like doom 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 like it's like a oh. got a doof doof beat behind it. It's much really? faster. Yeah, it's much faster. Oh. 
but um, she does a good job. And so within the space of 10 years, there's like three versions of this fucking That's song. That's a lot of money. They would have made a lot of money out of it. Wow. And they all charted, all of them charted. Yeah, that's right. Well, a good song is a good song. That's it. And you really don't have to think about who to give it to. I mean, you can't go wrong Cindy Lauper or any of those artists. No, that's it. Because the thing about those artists is they can sing live. Mm. So when you do say they did it in two takes, that's because they can sing live. Yeah, that's it. The only thing you need to worry about in the studio is the attitude. Yeah. And the producers will go, we want you to sound angry. We want you to sound like a chook. We want you to sound like a horse. We want you to do a baby yeah. voice. Do a baby voice. <laughs> and you got to do it. And um, they could all do that live. Yeah. They could sing live so it's a lot easier. Yeah. But, yeah, amazing that that song was released three times. I drove all night. Three I love times. it. I love that I song. do. I prefer Cindy's, I have to say. Yep. I think it's very dark mm-hmm. and it's very breakaway and it's very, oh, because I remember watching this as a kid and she sits sideways, doesn't she, and there's screening of films on her and stuff, like yeah. she's naked. Yeah, And then she's yeah. in the car. Yeah. Yeah. So that, uh, for me as a kid, I was like, one day I'm going to be that woman. Mm. Naked. They're going to be screening films on me. And yes, <laughs> not. And they what did once. They did. They did. The hairdressers did mm-hmm. when I was very young. And well, Edward did absolutely. That was a thing to put vision on bodies and yeah. take photos. Use the body as that a was canvas. a really big thing yeah. in the eighties, yeah, the late eighties. You know, mm. and um, and putting a C forty one process f- photo through a bloody slide, bloody mm. stuff. You know, mm. and making it really bright. Which kids now talk, will call, um, you can do it on face. You there's can a filter, it. isn't there? Well, there's a filter and you can turn the brightness up. Saturation is the word. Yeah. So um, basically I remember watching this and then her driving down the highway and me thinking, oh, God, she's really going after this dude. Yeah. Really strong messages in these songs. Yeah. And as a little girl watching this, you're thinking – Am I going to have to drive to some dickhead's house and fucking tell him this shit? This was a huge thing because I don't drive now. So I must have known on some level I wasn't going to be doing it. (laughs) But I remember being really quite frightened about it, that the women have to take the balls, you know what I mean? Like she was taking the balls. It's hectic, this song. It's got a lot of movement in it. It's like. You've got to drive yeah. to fucking save yeah. the other person and stuff. That's right. Save the other person. And he'll be a fuck knuckle for sure. They always are. Mika had to drive and save me one night and yeah, but you was married. doing doing 200 k's an hour and got pulled over by the cops and got, <laughs> the, car, got the car impounded and had to go to court. Oh, my God. <laughs> what was he saving you from? Your tiramisu. Yeah, tiramisu. That's why we're getting it tonight. Fucking tiramisu action. I might have had a few Valiums. Oh, what? <laughs> a double night. Yeah, look, everyone's done that. <laughs> I haven't. Um, but, yeah, no, great song. Really powerful. Yeah. Now, incredible. there's one song that I cannot believe he fucking wrote. No, we've got one, we've got one before that. Sorry. Should we just play it? Yes. Here we go. You love me. 
famously 1990, by the way. Yeah, been a that's bit all right. But they're that's an right. 80s band of vinyls. Yeah, they are. Mm. Now, they were broke at They this were time. broke. They were fucked. And still broke mm. after this. Ah. People think just because you get a number top ten hit in America, mm. you make all this money. Yeah. Not if you didn't write the song, motherfucker. No, that's it. And she had to go and do Boy From Oz, I think. To make yeah. money. Yeah, that's right. She did Julie Andrews or Julie Anthony or what? No, she played, um, she played Liza Minnelli's mother. What's her name? Oh, yeah, yeah, Julie. No, Judy Garland. Judy, she played Judy, Judy Garland. Garland. She did a good yeah. job. I saw her do it. Yeah, oh, she would have been amazing. Yeah. And she had to do that show to make fucking rent. Now that yeah. just goes to show you, you know. So yeah. any musos that, you know. I want to write more songs this year. I'm really right into it because yeah. there's nothing to lose. There's only gain, mm. you know. Yeah. Even if it. I've written a song for us. We've just got to record oh, it. Oh, good, good. <laughs> well, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, I think it saddens me to hear this song because it was such a big song for them and a comeback song in America Especially it, this exploded in the US. Went to, it went yeah. to number four. Yeah, I always thought it went to number one, but it no, went to no. went to number one here. Yes, went to number four in the US. I'm not a huge fan, I have to say, of this song. No, mm. it's too dirty for me. Yeah, right. Okay, I don't want. I want her to be bitchy. I don't want her to be dirty. Yeah, right. I got a bit scared of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I liked her when she was in a ma- – this is very feminine for her, but now it's used as the breast cancer survivor track and the tune. But they encouraged her it. into that once again. Right, okay. So, Do you reckon she was a fan of it? Well, they wanted her to rival Madonna. They wanted. They right. really wanted her to push the sex thing and everything. Yeah, and right. You can't be – you can't sort of be sexy and tough as well. No. And one, once again, I, lo- I love the tough. Fucking scary, Chrissy yeah, Amphlett. You know what I mean? I love the Sybil. Yeah. Give me Sybil. Mental case. Yeah, mental case. Because mm. that scares me more than jugs on fucking heat. Yeah. I don't want to see her jugs. You can go to the strippers and see Fucking that. fantastic tits. Oh, yeah, great. Real Beautiful tits, legs. bitches. Some of you ain't got real tits, right? Mm. They're real. Mm. And next week in Baby Voices, we've got more real tits and they're fucking very good. <laughs> and I want you cunts to know that fucking get your tits done. Shit ass, right? There's titties in soup everywhere in next week's episode. But I just think her body and her f- – she was just magical. She was just phenomenal. And this wasn't for me. Yeah, right. And I sang it with the puppets. Yeah. Didn't work. Because they weren't ready for it, I don't think. And it's fucking 90s. Yeah. Really. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's 1990 it came out. Um, mm. And I can do Chrissy quite well but – it was just not the Chrissy I knew. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Divinals fans don't like this track. It's, really? It's, it's not Divinals for Divinals fans, you know what I mean? No. This is This is something different. It is. It's a bit like a shopping fucking, like a supermarket yeah. track. Yeah. But, I mean, write in, it goes right into us and let us know anything you don't like that we've said or, I mean, you could be there all day, but, um, you know, <laughs> right, if you do have some suggestions like, you know, that the CD last week that we looked at was the first CD in Australia, fantastic fucking information that we need to hear mm. and we're all in it together. You're all fucking fucked like us. So write in. 
Yeah. Write in and t- say, look, I think that's the best of vinyl show. This is the song for dumb shits. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I get upset because it's they didn't make any money. So yeah, it's a what shame. did it do? They actually did. They were co-writers on it. Uh, oh, okay. If, even though Steinberg and Kelly rarely co-wrote with other people, unless they, they really respected them, um, these guys turned up. Uh, Billy and Tom had written the first verse and the fir- and the chorus. Yeah, and then all four of them wrote the rest of the song. So, Mark? so Chrissy, Chrissy, and Mark right. wrote with them the rest of the song. Right. So wow. I, I can really tell the lyric. Um, I think I would die if you were to ignore me. Comes from Chrissy. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. really tell that comes yeah. from her. Interesting. Because it sort of that goes into the sort of. Um, back row centre just above the ice territory, like being, you know, you, yeah, you've been iced yeah, out. Yeah, that's a great lyric, you know? isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. Now the only thing I do like about this period of the Divinals is, is where she started meeting Charlie. Oh, uh, yeah. And Charlie was good for her and Charlie yeah, was right. a fucking amazing drummer and mm. really supportive yeah. for her last years on the earth. Yep. Um, Christy's a light that will never – Go out. Yeah. She's just always around, you know. Yeah. And I think I was happy for her because I didn't like Mark. Mark had had a go and I wanted her to be with Charlie because Charlie was – it would have been really confronting Mm. to find another boyfriend after being with the same guy for so many years. Yeah, fuck yeah. And it's not easy to write stuff when you're with the same cock. Yeah, (laughs) fuck You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's right. You get a new cock, man, your fucking songwriting goes up. Oh, God, yeah. Like the dick because it's amazing and um, I just wasn't big on Mark. Yeah. Mark was a bit selfish for me. Yeah, I'm not a fan Where of Mark. Where Charlie was be that beautiful big Charlie bear, you know? Well, it's like when when Chrissy pa- passed away and Mark replaced Chrissy with the fucking with some chick hippie twenty three year old yeah, to do like, the vinyls. No, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, mate. Yeah, no, sorry. No, and she can't. Fucking and she sang mate. like a fucking tripper. Yeah, he would have been sticking hipster it in, in. That's all. Oh, exactly. That's right. Now the music video for I Touch Myself, uh, famously directed by Michael Bay. So you know Michael Bay that does the um, big action films and everything and it's very Michael Bay even though right. it's sort of like like not an active, like the lighting and the colouring and all of that is very Michael Bay. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Very 90s, very, very first 90s. year 90s with the masks and yeah. fucking spooky visuals. and yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah, all right. Well, good on you. That's awesome, though. But another money, you know, that would I like have been the money frills. Thing. It's sort of frills on. Yeah, look, I think if they had have had a single to go next on the go to capitalize on that, I think yeah. that would have been a fantastic. Maybe they did, but I can't see if you go number four in America, mm. you should be able to get a follow up pretty fucking easy, shouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. So something's fallen over with the management by the sounds of it. Yeah. Who knows? Because I always thought that as a kid, okay, so if you're this big in America now, put out another song that they haven't heard, like even if it's Boys in Town or something, yeah. I don't know, yeah. and just redo it. Yeah. But I never understood there was no follow-up and then the next minute she's in Australia or maybe that was before, I'm not sure, doing theatre. Well, this was this album was huge, um, but then the following album, the, the following Release, which was Love School, really didn't do right. well. Yeah. 
Well, you're lucky to get in the top ten in America anyway. Mm. Yeah, that's um, it. But interesting. Uh, there is a really good book on Chrissy Amphlett that she wrote herself, which is incredible. I've read that. It's great. And you do feel the pain in the book yeah. when you read it. And you go, fuck, you know. Because mm. she was one of the first women in the music industry to break down a lot of barriers and just be that rock chick. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Before anyone was, you know. Yeah. Mm. Good one. Now we'll do this one. Um, now this one is a surprise. I did not know he wrote this and this is Alicia Fiorello. Jack, Jack, Jackish. Jack, Jack, Jackie. <laughs> um, don't you always sing that? Who sings that? I thought you sing that. Do I? Jack, Jack, Jack. Oh, maybe Maddie does. Sorry, it's Maddie. Yeah, Jack, Jack, Jackie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Alicia Fiorello, I adore. Mm. Another Prince did her first single with Prince, I think, or did an album with Prince, I think. Um, I loved her. Mm. Have a story about her. Um, when I was about 23, I was doing yoga in South Yarra. Yep. And my yoga teacher came up to me and whispered in my ear. Oh, fuck you. Really? Man. Yeah. Oh, pretty much. Really sorry, Sammy, but Angie was looking for you for the Darren Hayes tour and we couldn't find you because I'd just moved out of my apartment. Oh, what? Because I was being bullied by this little prick downstairs and I had to move. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I should have just hit him with a baseball bat but I was just a little bit quieter then. Oh, no. And um, and I went, what do you mean? She goes, Darren Hayes, Angie's going across with Darren Hayes and we wanted you to go. We were looking for you and you needed your passport within 24 hours and you were on the plane within a week. Fuck. And I was kind of like, oh, <laughs> fuck, yeah. really? That's fucked. I'm going to kill that prick. And anyway, um. The one who took my place was Alicia Fiorello. Oh, right. So she went on tour with Darren Hayes and I remember going, who's this chick? And it was Alicia but she'd um, put on a bit of weight from when she was little. Yep. And I've always loved her voice. She had a song called All The Way Up in the 80s. Oh, okay. Late 80s. Yep. That Prince produced. And um, 
I think there's a couple of versions of this track as well. There was Blue Zone with Lisa Stansfield. Yes, yep, that's there was right. Joanne from Melbourne, Australia. Joanne. Everyone would know the Joanne version. And there was also Hit Zone. Yeah, that's with right. With another girl called, oh, God, I used to sing Opposite Nights with her at Bennigan's. All right. She does a Fleetwood Mac show now. Okay. Can't remember. I'll think of it later. How many versions of this song, Jackie, would there have been? 25? There were a heap. Yeah, mm. yeah. Re- it was originally, yeah, Lisa Fiorella and then um, and then Lisa Stansfield's band, Blue Zone. Yep. And then, and then Joanne. And then, yeah, Melbourne. Hit Zone I think it was mm. as well. Another Melbourne band. Um, BZ featuring Joanne. I'm not a fan of it. Of this Jack, song? Jack, no, are you a fan of it? Oh, it had its moment. Really? It had its moment. I think Mud likes it from Pseudo Echo, the guitarist, a lot. Oh, really? He talks about it. I love when sort of musos have obscure tastes, obscure When songs. they're rocking it. Yeah, they're right. Yeah. You wouldn't yeah. expect it. Yeah, yeah. But amazing that he wrote it and it was a dance hit all around the world. Yeah, yeah. And... So, um, and a big sing, it is a big sing, without a doubt. Yeah, you know? absolutely. There you go, Jack, Jack, Jackie. The last one we've got to finish this show is by Linda Ronstadt. I wanted to put this in because it was 1980 and it's not a bad track and it's very different for Linda. Linda was a little bit country and western but this one is um, – And this might have been their first sort of big name artist doing one of their songs. Is this right? If it was released in 1980. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Possibly. Here mm. we go. So, yeah, that was an old uh, Billy Thermal song that, that she re-recorded. So pretty cool. That was, would have been their first sort of breakthrough, I guess. Oh, his band that he had? Yeah. 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 does sound very Bangles though and also very Pat Benatar. Yeah, yeah. Areas. Yeah. So you can really hear that songwriting in those early years. They would have both heard this track and thought, oh, I like oh, the yeah. sounds Well, of Linda was huge. Now, have you heard they're doing a biopic on Linda? Are they really? Mm -hmm. And Selena Gomez is playing her. Is it Selena Gomez? Right, yeah. No, no. No, no, it is. It is. Is it? It's not Bean Flicker. Demi Lovato, I call Bean Flicker because she flicked her bean on Australian Idol and we all couldn't believe it. Can't um, stand her. Me either. She's dirty. Can't stand her. I don't know what's wrong with her. No, 
I don't know what's wrong with them. Oh, really? Fucking hell. Now, um, Steinberg, Steinberg also wrote a song for her, actually. Uh, Demi oh, Lovato. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm. That's true. He wrote Give, uh, Give Your Heart a Break for Demi Lovato. Yep. He wrote uh, What Happened to Us for Jessica Mowboy. Yeah. He wrote When oh, It wow. All Falls Apart for the Veronicas, which yeah. is a known single. Mm. Uh, he wrote All About Us for Tattoo, you know, that Russian sort of. Um, lesbian group. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, the lesbian girls. Well, that was the Trevor Horn thing, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Yeah. Mm. He did the first single. Oh, yeah, right. And you yeah. could hear Trevor Horn in it. And he wrote uh, Don't Hold Your Breath for Nicole Scherzinger as well. She's gorgeous. Yeah. There you go. Excellent. All cheeks, you know. Except for, you know, Roy Orbison is a notable sort of difference there, but he was a big idol of theirs. Mm. But, um, yeah, all cheeks. Well, like you said, you nailed it with the fact that he's writing on behalf of chicks. But not only that, really what chicks aren't meant to think. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Not really meant to think that shit. Yeah, you and so be that taboo good element is what. Little wifey. Yeah. You do what I say, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, now, can change the landscape of women, really. They did talk about this, like why it happened as well. There were a lot of sort of male during the eighties. Were a lot of male pop artists, obviously. They were writing all their own stuff. They were writing and releasing all their own stuff. Whereas the female artists sort of coming into the industry, they were sort of outsourcing the writing because they they sort of they were molding them more. Like so the 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 record companies were molding them more. And so like even 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 Madonna, Whitney, all of those, they were sort of molding their images and all that kind of thing. And so the song songs had to sort of complement that image. You know what I mean? So a lot of a lot of the so a lot of the content was being outsourced. It was being sort of taken from outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not only that, women are much more interesting. So if you can get a publishing deal with your mate mm. and make more money, yeah, you know, yeah, because I'm sure Kylie writes a lot of stuff that we don't hear about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And because she's a chick, and people think chicks can't write. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Fire and Ice was the first track that they played on MTV. Oh no, maybe it was um another track. I thought it was Fire and Ice. But the first two hours of MTV, right? Mm. So a lot of things happened so quickly and yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. There but, you go. Mm. Billy Steinberg right through the 80s and Tom Kelly right through the 80s. Obviously a whole big heap of different collaborators there but they're still mates, they still keep in touch and Billy Steinberg's still writing for people. 71 so, or something? Or? 73. 73. Yeah. Yeah, right. So there we go. Fantastic. Billy Steinberg, everyone. Excellent job. Good on Love you. Love it. Very interesting. Good on you. Very interesting. Because a lot of those tracks you wouldn't have assumed. No, that's it. They were just so much like the artist. Now, there is a documentary film uh, called Sticky, a self-love story where uh, Billy Steinberg performs I Touch Myself in it live. He does like an acoustic version of it. Wow. Um, there are a big heap of uh, – well, not a big heap. There are some docos on YouTube that are really interesting and also 
a lot, lots of things on TikTok, TikTok of Billy Steinberg playing a lot of these songs and talking about sort of, you know, his writing process and stuff as well. Really, really interesting if you've um, enjoyed this. Yeah, that's great. Good on you. All right. Mm. Well, that was today's Ips. Yeah, thanks, guys. Good on you. Now, if you love what we do, guys, if you love the show, please like, share, rate and review, just like our legends have at the beginning of this show. Yes. Write us a little comment in the comment section in the reviews on uh, Spotify and on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen to us on that sort of offers a review um, facility there. Now you can follow us as a subscriber on over 10 different platforms, guys. Don't just listen to the one episode. Hit subscribe. It's very important. And give us five stars while you're there. Now what you can do, guys, is become a Patreon on where, Sammy, where can they find it? Patreon.com forward slash the 80s montage podcast. Can we become a patron for as little as $1.50 a month or for $10 a month, get the extra episodes that yes. perform where, when we're drunk? <laughs> That's right, which we will be. And get out the ping-pong uh, yes, balls. And also give us – write in and let us know what you're thinking and what you're feeling. We're still looking for other um, episodes, ideas. We've had some fantastic ideas. Mm. One idea that I got from Jules was a Def Leppard uh, album review. I thought you were going to say – like do it on deaf people. No, deaf leopard. Do like Marley Matlin. Yeah, yeah. Do Marley Matlin. The drummer in Deaf Leopard only got one arm. Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah, no, we, I think that's a good idea because it's a good album, Hysteria. Yeah. And everyone sort of had it. I didn't gotcha. have it because I was clubbing at these times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I totally get that her area or like her age group. Yeah. Definitely would have been I hysteria. Had it. Yeah, I had yeah. It. I well, had the t-shirt. Right. Well, we could look at that. T-shirt. There's so many things that we can look at. Just write in. Mm. So you've got two weeks actually because we're going to be doing baby voices now, which means we won't be reading anything out until the week after. That's it. Go for your life. Right to us, guys. We love you on our social media. We're on Insta. We're on Facebook. All of that. Um, and please come and see us live with Rewind Eighties. Yes, RewindEightiesBand.com. Come and get your tickets. Things are looking good. We've just got a new gig booked, uh, a couple of new gigs this week uh, in St or Victoria. Where would you call the Palais in Hepburn? Where is that? Oh, it's uh, Masson Rangers. It's Dalesford, Dalesford region. So great venue up there, uh, the Palais in Hepburn Springs for all those people in the Macedon Rangers uh, just up that area. It will have just sort of boomed because of the Chill Out Festival and then sort of Ah. later – Later in the month, we'll be up there. So March, there we go. March, yeah, we'll be up mm. there in Mar- March the 30th. I'm just getting the paperwork done, but we're definitely going up there, which is another mm. area we haven't been to ever. Really, no, that's right. Yeah. Which is awesome. But yeah, thank you for listening. We are the 80s Montage. We love you guys, and we'll see you next week. And if it's music, mateys. Or cool shit from the 80s. We're going to talk about it. Tiramisu! <laughs>